worship today where you will be loved, challenged, and led by the Holy Spirit to make a difference. Now, it is our mission that you will experience spiritual growth through our ministries, be strengthened as a disciple of Jesus Christ, make a difference in the world for God's kingdom. I mean, that's why we're here. I know you didn't come to see me. So, um, before I begin, uh, I first want to say thank you to Jeffrey Brace for preaching the God's preaching God's word to us last Sunday uh, to tell us about how there really is no place home. There is no place like home, especially when home is in the embrace of God in God's kingdom, right? So thank you, Jeffrey. Great job. Um, Okay, without further ado, let us go into the scripture reading, which comes to us from James chapter 3, verses 13 through 18. James chapter 3, verses 13 through 18, and Mark chapter 12, verses 28 to 34. Mark chapter 12, verses 28 to 34. Are any of you wise and understanding? Show that your actions are good with a humble lifestyle that comes from wisdom. However, if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your heart, then stop bragging and living in ways that deny the truth. This is not the wisdom that comes down from above. Instead, it is from the earth, natural and demonic. Wherever there is jealousy and selfish ambition, there is disorder and everything that is evil. What of the wisdom from above? First, it is pure and then peaceful, gentle, obedient, filled with mercy and good actions, fair and genuine. Those who make peace Sow the seeds of justice by peaceful acts. In our reading from Mark chapter 12, verses 28 to 34, says, One of the legal experts heard their dispute and saw how well Jesus answered them. He came over and asked him, Which commandment is the most important of all? Jesus replied, The most important one, Israel. Listen, our God is the one Lord. And you must love the Lord, your God, with all your heart, with all your being, with all your mind, and with all your strength. The second is this. You will love your neighbor as yourself. No other commandment is greater than these. The legal expert said to him, Well said, teacher. You have truthfully said that God is one and there is no other besides him. And to love God with all of the heart full understanding and all of one's strength and to love one's neighbor as oneself is much more important than all kinds of entirely burned offerings and sacrifices. When Jesus saw that he had answered with wisdom, he said to him, you aren't far from God's kingdom. After that, no one dared to ask him any more questions. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Well, summer vacation is over and the school year has begun for most of us in McChesney Park. And so we find ourselves shifting gears from lazy summer days full of swimming, uh, visiting friends and vacations. Our days will be full of new teachers, new classrooms and new friends. And of course, what everybody loves, homework. You guys don't like homework? No? No? Those two are like, uh, you know, like, 
All right, I, fair enough. I don't like homework either. Anyways, um, we continue our series um, of At the Movies, where I'm relating you know, lessons from the movie to our sermon scripture for this week. And so last night we watched Diary of a Wimpy Kid. Um, most of you were out here last night, but Diary of a Wimpy Kid is a story about a boy and his friend and how they deal with going into middle school from grade school. Ah, don't we love transitions? Rail's already laughing. There was good stuff in that movie last night. You know, do you remember back when you were transitioning from grade school to middle school where some of the kids were in puberty and you knew those kids who would do things like listen to rock and roll. Some of them had a reputation there were popular kids. There were the not-so-popular kids, of which somehow I always found myself in that group. You guys, like, were so ready to believe that, like, right away. What's up with that? Anyways. I'm going to hide my yearbook picture somewhere. <laughs> Oh, oh, Lord, no. Lord, help us. There's Facebook nowadays, you know? Kids go through so much more than we did, right? If you goof or if you do something embarrassing, show up to school dressed the wrong way, show up to school acting the wrong way, everybody knows about it. It's hard to keep a secret anymore. Poor kids, right? Because you got... How many subscribers do I have on my YouTube channel? How many likes am I getting on that last post? How many friends do I have? And how come I'm never on anyone's Insta? Parents, do you know what I'm talking about? Some of you are like, what? <laughs> I think even Instagram is outdated. What's the new thing now? I mean, what? You're on Insta? That's old hat. What? Snapchat? Oh yeah, that's right. Snapchat. I forgot about Snapchat. See? Man, I'm showing my age here. Whew. It's just, I'm, I'm running out of breath. I, don't need, I can't even keep up with them all. So with all those pressures, do you remember like the lengths you would go to be part of the in crowd or at the very least to not be picked on or to not be the last kid pick for a team or a group or whatever. You know, loneliness is one of the greatest challenges we face in our lives. The isolation that comes from being surrounded by people and yet not in a relationship with them. Because we were made to be in relationship, weren't we? We were made to be in relationship with God. We were made to be in relationship with one another. A loving relationship. A sustainable relationship. One that will endure through good times and bad. Through our faults, our failures, of which, frankly for me, there are more of, but also our celebrations, right? Well, in this movie, we see how Greg Hefley, our main character, 
deals with these dynamics. You see, Diary of a Wimpy Kid is about how Greg's ambition, his desire to be part of the in crowd. He doesn't just want to be in the in crowd. He wants to be in the yearbook, right? Uh, what do they call it? The greatest or the what? Is, the most... I forgot the phrase he used now, but it was like, you know, the most, you know, most likely to succeed, most likely to be uh, married or whatever. Biggest class clown. I won that once. You believe that too. Okay. <laughs> okay, it's true. But, you know, he, so Greg had his friend, Raleigh Jefferson. Okay. Now, Raleigh. Yeah, you know, the movie portrays him as not so cool. Raleigh still says stuff like, Hey, Greg, you want to come out and play? <laughs> right? And he says this in front of all the other cool kids. And the kids start mocking him and Greg. Like, oh, listen to what he said. He said, do you want to come out to play? And Greg's like, Raleigh. I told you, we're supposed to hang out. We don't play. Right? Like the time I got caught playing out in my front porch with my action figures. Right? Big kids are walking by, and I'm like, pew, pew, pew. Boy. I even, you know, played with Barbies when I was with my cousin, who was a girl. I just said that on a in public, and that's going to be on the podcast. <laughs> I should have wrote this down before I just ad-libbed that part. Oh, Lord, help me. So, Greg, okay, I'm not the only one. <laughs> I won't say your name. Just kidding. <laughs> so, Greg, you know, is so concerned about his public image, Right? He will go to any length to be noticed. He starts joining different clubs and activities in school with Rowley, his best friend. He's like, oh, wrestling, that will be cool. So he's thinking what you see of wrestling in the WWE, right? We're talking the Camel Clutch, a pile driver. Hulk Hogan, and I don't even know who the people are. These, Yeah, I know, I'm dating myself. I go back to the Von Erichs. This is going back a ways. Yeah, some of you are nodding. I know how old you are now. No? <laughs> the Von Erich brothers. Okay, but we're talking people like Randy Macho Man Savage, right? Oh, yeah! Anyways, so Greg thinks wrestling is going to be like that, and he thinks how awesome he's going to be at it. Next thing he does, he finds out, he's wearing like those tight little wrestling uni, I don't know what you call them, Sing singlets, the onesies, which if they weren't such like mean, bad wrestlers, you'd make fun of them otherwise, right? But because they're wrestlers, you don't say anything. <laughs> Not unless you're on a full Nelson, you know? Anyways, so everything... <laughs> Anything, everything that he thinks is going to get him popular turns out to just have the opposite effect on him and his reputation. And sadly, because of his desire, because of his desire to be somebody, 
because of his dissatisfaction with who he is, and even with his best friend who is so loyal to him throughout the movie. He's willing to sacrifice anything and anyone for his ambitions. Right? Poor Rowley. He's so loyal and generous and even kind. They played this game. It's not even a game where Greg Hefley threw a football at Rowley while Rowley's riding on his big wheel down the street. Can you imagine saying that? Hey, Rowley, let's play a game. I'll throw the football, and you be the moving target on the big wheel. Rowley goes, ah, you know, I mean, I'd be like, that doesn't sound like very much fun. Oh, no, it'll be great. <laughs> you go first on the big wheel. I get to throw first, right? And somehow Rowley's like, okay, he wants to make Greg happy because he cares about his friend. And then at one point in the movie, what happens? Rowley goes riding down the street on his big wheel. Greg throws the football, hits Rowley's front tire. Rowley goes flying through the air, lands in a snowbank, and breaks his arm. In the next scene, they're in what looks like a home economics class where they're cooking. And Rowley's got his left arm in a cast. And so Greg's, Greg's not thinking much of it. He's like, oh, you know, it couldn't, maybe it really wasn't broken. And Raleigh says, oh, well, the x-ray doesn't really lie. And then a couple of girls from the class walk up to Raleigh and say, oh, what happened to your arm? He goes, oh, I broke it in a big wheel accident. So he doesn't even sell out his friend. He says, I broke it in a big wheel accident. And they go, oh, can I sign it? And all of a sudden, Raleigh is being showered with attention. And what is Greg's first response? Yeah, he's jealous. He's jealous of the attention that Raleigh is getting. And so he's thinking, boy, that Raleigh, he's getting all this attention because of what I did for him. Not to him, for him. I went and broke his arm and look at all the attention he's getting. So he steps up. Hey, hey, you know what? He wouldn't have that broken arm if it weren't for me. <laughs> and the girls turn to him and say, well, that's because you're a jerk. And they walk away. And that's no less than he deserved, isn't it? Because his only concern was not for his friend. It was for his reputation, his class standing that he was always measuring in his mind. Because why? I'm going back to his envy, his ambition, his desire to be something he was not, and his willingness to sacrifice anyone around him for that, for that goal. Remember when they signed up for safety patrol? For those of you who see, see, saw the movie, I remember safety patrol, right? I got to be a crossing guard once once <laughs> they were like you're done you, you're just not very good at it but you know you got the cool belt buckle see we didn't have the vest back then we just had a buckle and we didn't miss a whole class we just got out 10 minutes early but still it was cool right i got to hold the doors open whatever anyways so greg and raleigh sign up 
to be safety patrol. And it's a serious responsibility because they have to walk some kindergarten kids down the street and keep them safe. Well, thanks to Greg, Raleigh is now in a cast, and it's raining. And so Raleigh cannot take the kids down the street because he can't get his cast wet. Well, Greg's like, well, can I borrow your poncho? He says, sure. So Greg takes Rowley's poncho and walks the kids down the street, and along comes a high school kid that has it out for them. And so what does Greg do? He, he has no place to hide, but at a construction site, he sees like a hole in the ground, and he shuffles like 10 kindergarten kids into this hole while wearing Rowley's rain poncho. When a neighbor across the street sees the poncho and assumes, he, she says, Raleigh, what are you doing? Raleigh Jefferson, what are you doing? And Greg says, uh, nothing. And then he runs away and abandons the kids in the hole. I know. Well, later on in the movie, the man in charge, the teacher in charge of the safety patrol calls Raleigh into his office and says, I can't believe that you abandoned those kindergarten kids in the hole. And Rowley is like, well, I don't know what you're talking about. I... And he doesn't defend himself. He doesn't know what's going on. And he gets kicked off of safety patrol. And Greg acts like he doesn't know what's going on. And this continues throughout the movie. And finally, Rowley has had it. I'm, you're not a good friend to me. You're not good to me. My parents say you're not good to me anymore. Okay? You broke my arm. I lost safety patrol because of you. You're not a good friend. In our scripture it says, if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your heart, then stop bragging and living in ways that deny the truth. Greg just can't stand it. He can't stand it when someone else is getting the attention. He can't stand it when he's not getting what he's not fulfilling his ambitions. Again, in verse 16, it says in James 3, it says, wherever there is jealousy and selfish ambition, there is disorder and everything that is evil. So this movie isn't just about the two boys at school. It's not just about the story of Greg and his ambitions. It's a lesson in envy. It's a lesson in envy. Greg was envious. He wanted something he didn't have. He was willing to lie, cheat, and sacrifice his best friend for the sake of being popular. For his self. Fortunately, it doesn't end there. So, those high school, the high school kid that's after Greg and Raleigh that I mentioned earlier, they actually catch Greg and Raleigh on school grounds one day. And the oldest kid grabs the two and he forces Raleigh to eat a piece of moldy cheese that had been sitting baking on the pavement for about a year now. 
There's a legend around the cheese. They call it the cheese touch. Apparently, a, a year ago, one child had touched the cheese and then all the kids would not go near them because he touched the cheese and had the cheese touch. And so he, the only way to get rid of the cheese touch was to pass it to someone else. This is like cootie on, cooties on steroids, right? So they passed the te- cheese touch around and around and people were betraying one another, you know? And it was chaos in the school until finally a German exchange student got stuck with the cheese touch and didn't understand what it was, so he didn't give it away, and then he moved back to Germany and took the cheese touch away with him forever. But the cheese had still remained on the pavement. The custodians would sweep around the piece of cheese. Cockroaches would avoid the piece of cheese. And yet when Rowley and Greg were caught by these high school kids, one of them forced Rowley to eat the cheese. And then, of course, all the kids come out from the school and they see the cheese at Rowley's feet and Rowley looking all forlorn and this one mean girl says, "Ah, Rowley ate the cheese! Ew! And the whole school is freaking out but before it gets out of hand, Greg steps in. Greg steps in and says, I ate it. I ate the cheese. I just wanted to show you how ridiculous this whole thing is about the cheese touch, about being popular and getting into the yearbook and where we sit at lunch, who we hang out with. And he makes a great little speech showing that he realizes that his ambitions were really meaningless and how valuable Raleigh's friendship truly was. Now, nonetheless, the kids all ran away from him screaming. But the point wasn't that they learned the lesson, but that Greg learned his lesson. So as Christians, as we heard in the Gospel of Mark today, we're called to love God with our heart, soul, strength, and mind. Called to love God passionately. And to love our neighbors, to love others. Not just in a general kind of, yeah, I love you, man, but as we love ourselves, right? If we love God, our value as human beings resides in God's love for us. If we love God, our value as human beings resides in God's love for us. Because God loves us, we have value. Because God loves us, other people have value. We have the image of God within us. And so if we want to live the abundant life, we have to be true. We have to be true to God. We have to be true to others. And we have to be true to ourselves. True, not not selfish, you know, in ourselves, but true to ourselves as followers of Jesus Christ, as children of God, as bearers of God's image. 
You know, love is one of those things that the more you give it away, the more you get back. And the more you try to hoard it, the less you'll have of it. As evidenced by Greg's antics in the movie. So here's some good news for us. God is worthy of our love with all our heart, soul, strength, and mind. And God cares deeply about us, so loves our friends, and loves our friends' friends, and all other people. So if we want to show love for God, the best way is by loving others. So everyone going back to school, all you students out there, I know that you're under a lot of uh, pressure, a lot of concerns. You know, how are things going to go? Who are going to be my friends? What am I going to wear? That's all cool and all, but let's not lose sight of the fact that we are called to be true. Right? True Christian. True friend. So this week, let's do something loving for someone else. Do a kindness, an unexpected kindness for someone else. But instead of choosing someone we know well, what if we went out of our way to do something kind for someone not like us? Someone different than us? What will God do through us if we show Christian love to someone outside of our normal group of friends? Can you imagine the world becoming a better place when we go out of our way to care for others? Imagine what would happen if Christians around the world led the way in showing loving kindness to strangers. It's risky. We'll feel uncomfortable. We might even be embarrassed. But we may discover a new friend. We may help someone who was in need. And most definitely, we will be doing God's will when we can be true to the Gospel of Jesus Christ. Let us pray. As we begin this new school year, we give thanks that God has given us the ability to learn many things in many ways. Learning is a gift from God. And the Bible tells us that Jesus learned and studied just as we do. And Jesus grew in wisdom. And so we will ask God's blessing on this new school year that it may be a time when we appreciate and fully use God's gift of learning to be fully true to God, to be true to others, and to ourselves. Amen. At this time, I'd like to invite all of our students, Jeremiah, Benjamin, Sarah, you can come too, Sammy. Anyone who's in school, and it doesn't matter if you're in kindergarten or grad school, I'm going to invite you to just stand right here in the middle with me. You can come too. Where's that? What happened to Kale? Not Kale. Uh, no, not no, not that. No. Okay. We'll pray with what I got. Hi. Are you guys? We gather around and hold hands. Hey guys.
we'll just do our book, dude. <laughs> All right, now parents and adults, I'm going to invite you to stand, please, to rise in body or in spirit, and just um, raise your hands in blessing in our direction here in the middle. And join me in a prayer. Let us pray. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. I'm going to ask you to repeat after me, okay? Dear Lord Jesus, we ask you to bless our schools and teachers. We ask you to bless our classmates and friends. We ask you to bless our principals, counselors, and librarians. Bless those who prepare our lunches. Those who drive us to school. And those who keep our schools clean and safe. We give thanks to you for books and computers. And all the things that help us learn. We give thanks for the gift of learning. Loving God, a new school year seems exciting or scary or both. Sometimes school is great and sometimes it is hard. But we know that whether we are excited or scared, you are with us. We know that whether school is great or hard, you are with us. We thank you for always being with us. Holy Spirit, help us to remember to show our thanks for your gift of learning by doing our best every day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, thank you, kids. You can sit down again. Hey, kids, the reason we did that is because I know it's not easy being a kid. And I want you to know that our congregation, your parents, the other adults in this room, we care deeply about you. And we want you to do the best you can in school. I want you to know that you are loved by many people that go beyond just your family, okay? Okay, at this time, uh, I'm going to invite the congregation uh, as we do our prayers to the people to uh, share any concerns that they may have uh, as I recite this liturgy. Uh, I'll, I'll recite what we're praying for, and if you have a concern, please just feel free to share it, and then we'll pray about it. So together, let us pray for the people of new life.
Lord, we pray for uh, Joe and Marge Kreider who are selling their home. We hope that they will have a successful outcome, that someone will find the home and buy it at the right price uh, so, that we can, they, so that they can move on with their lives. We, we celebrate uh, Penny's mom's recovery and how much she's enjoying her new cane. Um, we pray that Rail would have faster, quick, quicker reflexes in case he needs to duck. Don't laugh, Penny. We pray that for you, too. Um, we pray for our brothers and sisters, Brenda and Brad, who are on vacation for on a cruise to Alaska. Um, we celebrate... Uh, Uh, kids going back to school that we have so many loving parents and friends pardon yes indeed we celebrate our teachers uh, who pour out their lives every day for the kids um, you know our kid Lord we pray that you would give them strength and endurance give them inspiration for putting up with our kids who spend more time with our kids some days than we do, who are pivotal and crucial in shaping the lives of our children. For those